Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the fall season of Anime 2021. We have a lot to discuss with our uh, seasonal previews. This is going to be episode one of two and is episode 76 of the podcast so far. But before we jump into all that, let me welcome uh, returning from their mini hiatuses, uh, my co-host, first off, all the way from Frangiville in the municipality of Frangiland, next Frangie Berg, it's Frangie. Hello. And back from his much needed vacation, D-Man, D-Myth, D-Legend, Mario, welcome back. Hello, it is good to be back. So, like I said, we have a lot to talk about today with the previews, but I do want to give you both a chance to discuss anything that you have had a chance to watch on your breaks. Mario, I know you have, so first I'm going to ask Franji, uh, did you have a chance to watch any anime in the past couple weeks, or have you been mostly busy with other things? I, I got some stuff. I fell behind with the usual ones I don't fall behind with, but I managed to finish To Your Eternity, which I would definitely recommend um, and which should be having another season because it definitely wasn't over over. Um, and I watched all of, God, I marathoned all of um, the case study of Vanitas. That is, that is a trip. Yeah, you finally stumbled across that basically the week after you went on your break and you posted on Facebook about it saying, why has no one told me about this? And <laughs> Emmy like, and I, I were did. both like, we did. <laughs> but I hey, just... better late than never. Yeah. Uh, I finished Vanitas. I thought it was fine. Um, it's obviously a shonen that's meant to go on much longer than the 12 episodes it got, and it's set itself up pretty well. I feel like as far as first season shonens went, it didn't hit it out of the park for me, but it was a Bones production. It was very, very passable. Seven out of ten for me, but it sounds like it just hit some particular strong notes for you. Yeah, I mean, as an LGBTQ person, I just uh, looking at like the opening. Oh yeah, that is a very stuff, homoerotic like, show. I want it. I it want is it a to very be gay. Homoerotic show. No, but I felt like it was more queer baiting than anything, to be honest. And usually, I'm not very sensitive to that kind of stuff. But I'm just like this. Has get, everything set up that it's going to be like really gay, and then it's just like a bunch of really straight stuff between. Well, Bonnie I suppose Tuss and part like of me John. sort of feels like <laughs> it's a run-on shonen that's just finished its first twelve episodes, and maybe I'm anticipating things to go farther than they actually will. So maybe uh, I I hope that I'm right, but then again, knowing what we've seen in the past of other series, I will admit that if I had to bet, you're probably right. Unfortunately. I hope that's not the case, but uh, you are certainly not in the wrong for taking the assumption that you have. And admittedly, the the content we've seen thus far does, I suppose now that I really think about it, sort of follow suit with the trend we've seen with queerbaiting in the past. So I hope that's not going to be the case in the long run, but uh, you're absolutely correct with your observations thus far, so... Fingers Whatever. crossed for it, the best. It was still hot, so it's fine. <laughs> anything else you were able to watch or mostly just Vanitas? Uh, no, nothing uh, else. Eternity. I'm behind, I'm behind yeah, on, on everything else. Eternity is one of the ones I really need to get to. That that one, from what I've heard, has top 10 of the year potential, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, as a segue before Mario, one top 10 contender that I'd put on the back burner but finally finished just last weekend is Vivi Fluorite Eye Song and holy crap. This is the time travel robot one that was airing in the spring season that I started and then just, like I said, fell on the back burner. 
I finished it last weekend, and it's in, like, top five range for me. It nailed the landing. It was very, very, very good. Gorgeous production values and a good self-contained story in 13 episodes. Highly, highly recommended if AI exploration and time travel are your thing. Vivi Florite Eyes Song does not disappoint. But what about you, Mario? I know that you had a chance to watch several while you were away. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually made good on a bunch of the shows that I said pre-break that I was going to try and actually uh, dig into during the break. Um, <clears throat> of the ones that I said I was going to check out, the only one I didn't finish, well, technically I haven't finished two to completion, but one of them only because uh, the last episode dropped after I was back on the clock and I just haven't had a chance to watch the finale. Um, I didn't get to finish uh, The Duke of Death and His Maid. I did get to catch up to the halfway point of the series. It is still getting high marks from me. It's not like anime of the year contender by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely fun and fluffy and a good time. Highly recommend that one for something uh, a little bit lighter and, you know, cute for an anime date night. Um, everything else I watched, it falls squarely into uh, a couple of categories. We have our anime of the year contenders and are very much not anime year of the, uh, anime of the year contenders. Uh, I'll start with the ones that fall into the latter one. Unfortunately, one of the ones that fell into that category was the, one of the ones that we have discussed with a, a lot of high hopes, and that is the detective is already. Yeah, I finished that oh. one. And here's the thing: like oh. the first episode, I maintained that that has one of the best premieres I have seen. It was a good premiere. So here's the thing. And it kind of fell, just sort of went off the rails. It, it wasn't yeah. the worst, but it, it is not in contention for anime oh of the year. God. And I know it got particularly poor reviews on Mal, which is unfortunate. I hope that we get more of it because it's set up to continue and maybe a continuation could salvage it. But this is a series that has a lot of really good components that for whatever reason added up to less than the sum of its parts. That was I what I was Mario kinda, rant. I want, yeah, I want that was it. what I was kind of kind of get into. So like again, at its base premise, fantastic. There is so like you said, it has so many good components going for it. Like if we had a best girl category, Siesta would definitely be like in top contention Finalist. for that. I would Absolutely. Oh my god. Like she is I compared her to Haruhi for a reason. It's like Detective Haruhi. <laughs> like, she's got that big Haruhi energy, and I I am here for it. Um, and and the the overall cast, like they are fantastic characters. The the underlying plot, if they had mess. kept it, if they had kept it to just the whole idea of oh, we're basically taking on not Spectre. Cool. Yeah. The minute that you throw in, and I'm going to give some mild spoilers here for the middle of the series, because this was the moment that lost me entirely. I still finished it because I was like, well, let me just see where this goes. The minute that you not only throw in a freaking power suit right after you drop a bioweapon straight out of Resident freaking Evil. <laughs> well, things, I was still on board for this. It was when we got into the sort of like uh, domestic life almost mid-season one SAO type of thing where they have an adoptive daughter type figure no. that now, I see, was hoping that, that I was, was hoping fine. that all these would sort of add together <laughs> and then like come no. to a really satisfying resolution and it just didn't no because the other issue on top of those two things I just mentioned you're already getting like very surrealist and then suddenly we've got freaking magic powers and insert the history guy uh, history channel guy meme here aliens yeah. what like, what? Like I said, this no! thing has a lot of potential. 
Ah! And like the. <laughs> I really like what you said, Mario. The characters are all great. I love they the are. characters. They're the dialogue's so pretty good. It's it just is. the plot that's a mess. It Again, the plot is perfectly fine. It's just all, I honest to God, and I said this to Lara when I was like catching up because I, I was basically previewing it for her because I'm like, oh, well, she's, you know, all into detective stuff. She loves anything Sherlock related. So maybe if this gets good and we watch the first episode together, she was kind of like, mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting some bad vibes about this. I'm like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Let me see how the rest of this goes if uh, I feel like there was a meeting where they all just sat around and were like, okay, we're going to do this detective story. That's and basically everyone had be an told. idea and they used everyone's idea. Exactly. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. And it, it suffers for it. And it makes me so sad because it was such a good idea. And the characters are so good. It's Siesta is best girl. Anyway. So that is one of the ones that is very much not on <laughs> anime. Yeah, of the year disappointing for me this year. deserved better. Can't also, recommend it. Wish I could. Also disappointing and surprisingly so, but I have I, I have my own hot takes for why that might have been. I did see Pacific Rim the Black, like I said I was going to. I feel like they they sat there and thought, okay, we want to do a big sprawling Pacific Rim story because we get to do this as an anime. What's our budget? <laughs> oh dear, that is a lot less than I thought we would get for Pacific Rim the anime. How can we tell the story in a way that we can use what budget we have and still make it this big Pacific Rim story? Oh, that's the best we can do. All right, screw it. We're doing Mad Max with a giant robot and a giant alien. <laughs> oh, so that's how it wound up. Because I saw the first oh. episode and could have gone any number of directions. Yeah, well, that's that the one not it necessarily went a direction I expected. No, and it is... <sighs> It, it has moments and it got a second season. Number one, how? Number two, yeah, I'm not seeing it. So uh, those ones are decidedly, I know. And I said this before, I love Pacific Rim. I was so happy that I got an anime and it had legendary pictures behind this. I'm just like, oh, come on. There's a reason legendary does films and not anime, I suppose. <laughs> well, again, I think it was a, I think it boils down to budget because it also did the CG thing that a lot of Netflix original anime do. And mm. I just cannot like that. That's yeah, also why it, I, it did have a questionable frame rate. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's just it, it's the kind of 3D CG that uh, almost put me off of Duke of Death and, it's, uh, and is made. But for whatever weird reason worked out there, did not probably work because duke is a more cartoony one by nature whereas yes. pacific rim was trying to be more realistic with their designs so or just uh, more epic uh, it, like yeah. it wanted to be epic but it just fell so short it's just like it's the problem the uh, the ultraman anime had i know it made our our honorable mentions but there's a reason it only made honorable mentions and yeah. this is one of them so that's that's that category uh so like i said didn't finish duke of death and is made uh i did get to see uh, Uramichi Onisan. Oh my God, was that pleasant. So remember how <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. So it got sure. better after the first episode because the first episode was such a slog I couldn't bring myself to watch episode two. It, it was, was just it, the same gag over and over. Tell me it got better. So it is very much like cookie cutter, but you you get to see the, the, the silliness of their situation continuously build. You get to learn more about the characters as you go along so you can really empathize with why they're just so miserable in their lives. And it just... It's one of those things like once once you just sit back and understand what the format is roughly going to be and see how they they kind of like tweak it along the way to continue this uh, unending parade of misery that is still bizarrely funny. Like it is catharsis, especially if you are of a certain age group like they this is very targeted. Um, 
I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the dub for so many reasons, oh, but uh, I'm going to wait high, for the dub. <laughs> highly, highly recommended. Um, I, I don't know if it would be anime of the year contender, certainly a strong honorable mention, but the next one, which was the biggest surprise for me, this is one that I will actually fight for. Um, also, I'm going to skip over Odd Taxi because I loved Odd Taxi. Uh, Joel, I privately shared my feelings on that. Yeah, no, just um, I pushed Odd Taxi. We will, we will come back to I Odd pushed Taxi that in the one future. on you for a reason. That's oh, all no, I'll I, say. I had already seen a little bit of it. I just fell behind, like, grossly so. And then I one night, I just thought, all right, let me catch up on this. Ended up just marathoning straight through to the finish. And holy mm -hmm. good God, again, we need, we need an episode just for that. So I will come back to that another time. I will wrap up with the unlikely hit for me, uh, which is one that I will vehemently defend as a potential, if if not top five, no matter what, top 10 overall for anime of the year. That is Remake Our Life. Now, really? So that one ended up that good? Okay, maybe I do need to there, watch it. There are remember, this few... is the one that I watched because it was too real for me. Not and because I didn't part... like it, but because it was too real. And that's part of why <laughs> I appreciated it, because it was so relatable. Like, the time period in particular that they chose for this particular show, again, much like I said with uh, Udamichi Onisa, yeah, you they, are talk targeting, targeted. Mm -hmm. they are targeting a very specific uh, age group here. Hi, I'm going to start waving because this is definitely, like, my life, because I would have been in college at that exact same period. Like, granted, close to being on the way out had things gone differently, but that's neither here nor there. Point is... It is a very accurate representation of mid-2000s culture, especially for anime fans. It uh, The story, I had some issues with a little bit of the fan service -y leanings, but I understand why they put those in essentially front and center at the very beginning. If you look at this premise, you'll probably just gloss over it and think, oh, pff, I'm not watching that. So they have to bait you in with cute girls and potentially okay, weird situations. For me, those I sort of go feel like away. the series is based in, all right, what if you could redo you know, in a, a very important, potentially formative, failed part of your life. And I guess not only one did I feel like it hit too hard in terms of, like, some of the setbacks being super relatable, but it made me feel a bit bitter of just like, yeah, it'd be nice if I can redo this stuff, but we can't. So just getting to see somebody get to retcon all their mistakes with twenty twenty hindsight knowledge, which is something everyone wishes they could do, was not super enjoyable for me. But here's where it gets interesting. So I, I was going to describe this as if you took uh, some of my all-time favorites for, for what I consider to be the, the triumvirate of otakudom, uh, Comic Party, Genshiken, and Erased. Throw it in a blender. And out pops this show. <laughs> okay, I get it. Like, I'm going to go back and give this one another shake, and I'm going to give... Um, uh, uh Urameshi, another shake as well but uh yeah because yeah, this the... um like and, and even there, there's one particular detail i can't get into it but episode five ends on a moment that in uh, even though i was watching this by myself i remember audibly saying aloud oh man it'd be really funny if insert thing here and then it happened it was so on the money that i was just like Standing what? ovation. I didn't think you guys would actually do this, but this is perfect and it fits the the time period so well. And it's What's something the that name I know of this series again. Uh, remake our life. Okay, thank you. Uh, it's it's something that like overall this there are many elements in the show that 
I feel work really well as a parallel to the digital era entertainment narrative. And that's also why it really kind of like hit me in, in a certain place. And then with the, the, the time hopping shenanigans, they do some very interesting things with it. That's why I mentioned erased. They, they do things that made me happy with erased, but this is why it's not like top three and why I'd be comfortable bumping it down to less than uh, a top five. It's so it's an ongoing light novel series. I haven't heard any announcements about a second season and it very much does a manga lore to, to end it off. Mm. It's still good as, as a self-contained arc, but like if, if that's but it's how very obvious it, that that is not the end of the story. Oh no. They've even had a side story that follows uh, an alternate uh, path that's presented in the narrative itself. So like there's very clearly a franchise here and I'm even dropping something in our discord, which uh, you can go check out uh, if you are watching live, we'll be leaving a link for you in just a moment here. Um, there was an, uh, an interview that anime news network did with uh, one of the producers on the show. Uh, fair warning. There are some spoilers. So I'd say if you're interested in checking out the show and then checking out this interview, definitely see that first and then read this, but it's, uh, it's a thing of beauty, and it explains a lot of why there is so much love and appreciation in this show that really kind of fits our vibe. So uh, that is mm. that is where we're basically at. Um, and All I right, I that's have... it for my catch up. Cool. Uh, I only have two other small notes to catch up on. Um, Pirate Princess Fena has been solid, okay. Um, it hasn't been hitting the heights that it hit in the early episodes for me. This is a uh, again the one that was that is currently airing for Adult Swim. I think it's a really good one to have on broadcast. It's a perfectly serviceable, accessible anime, not really doing anything special. The production values are stellar. The story is fine. Not a lot of complaints, but I'm not going to point to it and say this is AOTY material. The other one is Sunny Boy, which is the one that I compared to Satoshi Kon's work. I finished it last night, and I still don't quite understand what I saw, but that's about what I expected as well. I, I think this is one that people will go back and watch for a while and be able to dissect that this is top 10 of the year material for me, probably five to 10 ish simply by virtue of it being so different and doing so many weird and interesting things while still being engaging. Even if you don't understand what's going on, which takes that takes talent. Uh, the other thing that sort of caught my attention, which I wanted to bring up because I think you'll all appreciate it. I, heard or rather i was looking some things up and stumbled across the interesting fact that the show had a musical consultant and that is not a composer that is a consultant someone who was brought on specifically to you know advise with music selection and that is not a role that normally exists in every anime or really pretty much any media so why on earth would this series have a musical consultant? Well, that's because of who the musical consultant was. One Shinichiro Watanabe. I seem to recall hearing something about uh, his involvement for this show, um, and that makes sense. Uh, he's been brought on as a, a consultant uh, on other shows uh, similarly, but again, it's very, very rare. But if you're bringing in uh, Watanabe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are not you are not playing around with your soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. So that's one I encourage you to watch. It's a weird one. It's not going to be for everyone. But if you go in understanding what you're going to watch is surrealist, I think it will be a lot more grokkable. But uh, 
Yeah, it yeah. was it was on my list to try and get to. I just didn't didn't have enough bandwidth to, yeah. to finally get to it. Um, Prioritize Vivi over that. I will say that. Oh, oh yes, because again, Kawaii Terminator. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Give me, yeah. give me that. Shoot it into my veins. <laughs> yeah, but enough about the past. Now on to the future. So the there future. are forty one shows that are airing this season. Um, that includes continuations. We're going to go through about half of them today. We'll be powering through ones that are continuations in particular we are using anychart.net's list and we are going alphabetically by english title there are going to be some of these that haven't been romanized but uh for the most part these will be the english titles and i'm just going to go on and start us off we have 86 season two this is the one that was sort of kogias-esque at least in the branding in terms of it's people piloting mechs with the totalitarian government behind it that type of war theater type of thing i only saw the premiere episode of episode one at a friend's recommendation it was good but i already had so much on my plate it fell by the wayside this is on the short list with uh remake our life that i need to go back and watch i know for a fact that neither you two really watched the first season so i think we'll just leave that at that and go on to the next one which is Banished from the Heroes Party, I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Oh boy, this has to be a light novel, and yes it is. Uh, from Studio Wolfsbane and Studio Flad, never heard of it. A heroic and mighty adventurer dreams of opening a pharmacy, question mark. Red was once a member of the Heroes Party with a capital H, a powerful group destined to save the world from the evil forces of Tarexon, the raging demon lord. That is, until one of his comrades kicked him out. Hoping to live the easy life on the frontier, Red's new goal is to open an apothecary. However, keeping the secret of his former life may not be as simple as he thinks, especially when the beautiful Rit, an adventurer from his past, shows up and asks to move in with him. The tags here are action-adventure, so not romance, not etchy, despite having this, you know, potential love interest show up. I have no familiarity with this or the studios involved. The key art looks okay. The concept, we had a pharmacy isekai a season or two ago. Didn't watch it. This sounds not quite the same, but it's interesting that we get two pharmaceutical animes in the same year because that's just rare. Yeah, this one was, is not an isekai. That was one um, thing that stuck out for me because I'm just like, wait a minute, didn't we just have this? Yeah, <laughs> that this sounds like that combined with... uh. 300 years of killing slimes of, you know, someone wanted to live the easy life. But it says action-adventure, so it's probably not a slice-of-life thing. So I guess that Red does get pulled back into whatever conflict it is. This doesn't reach out and grab me enough to make me want to watch the premiere on its own. But if I read a review or two and hear that it's good, this is one that I won't need a ton of convincing to try. Okie dokie. Um, I definitely would like to to hop in on this next one because I, I feel like I'm going to need to get very familiar with this one for reasons. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so, guessing uh, either you two have any added commentary on Banished from the Heroes Party? No, I'm still over here trying to figure out what list y'all are looking at because I can't uh, seem to alphabetize mine in the... I'm on any so chart, but I go just Go to all the, the right side. There will be an up and down arrow that says sort. No, there isn't. It's probably because I'm on mobile. I'll figure it out. I'm just going to okay. mute myself. Uh, Mario, go ahead. I know which one you're looking at, and yeah, this one's for you. 
Oh, yeah. So the next one that we have is Blade Runner Black Lotus. Uh, it is going to be a 13 episode anime. Uh, that one, they don't have a listing there, but I seem to recall that being a Crunchyroll joint. Uh, yeah, the... I think it was Crunchyroll and possibly airing on Adult Swim again. Uh, I don't remember that offhand, but definitely remember that uh, Crunchyroll has a hand in this one. So Los Angeles 2032, not to be confused with Cyberpunk 2077. A young woman wakes up with no memories and possessing deadly skills. The only clues to her mystery are a locked data device and a tattoo of a black lotus. Putting together the pieces, she must hunt down the people responsible for her brutal and bloody past to find the truth of her lost identity. Uh, this one is by Sola Digital Arts. I mean, it's it's Blade Runner, one of the Confession, one of the seminal never seen cyberpunk sci-fi films to. of all time. Oh like, yeah, one, is... one of my nerd sins is not seeing Blade Runner. In all fairness, there's like five versions of it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I don't blame you for that. Um, I mean, this that the the original film I actually did uh, do an, an analysis for in a dystopian fiction course that I did uh, towards the end of high school. So I have a very deep <laughs> appreciation of of OG Blade Runner uh, and what it brings to the table. So uh, this one should be very cool. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes down. Uh, and I'm I'm glad that it's going to be you know very accessible to people right out uh, off the bat. Uh, does anyone want to take this next one, or should I just continue uh, I'll take powering the on? next one, I suppose. Build Divide, Hex Code Zero, Code Black. This is from Linden Films, which did uh, Tokyo Revengers, which was actually very good. That's a potential top ten one for me. Uh, in a city where the king, capital K, reigns supreme, your strength in Build Divide determines everything. There's a rumor circulating in Shin Kyoto that anyone who is able to defeat the king in Build Divide shall be granted whatever their heart desires. In order to challenge the king, one must first enter the battle known as Rebuild. There they will have to compete to complete the, quote, key. The young Teruto Kurabe vows to defeat the king so he can get what he longs for. He, with little guidance from the mysterious, with a little guidance from the mysterious Sakura Banka, dives headfirst into the rebuild battle. Now the city of Shin Kyoto is the stage, and Build Divide is the game. Watch as the battle unfolds for Teruto and his friends. Is this a TCG adaptation? I'm not familiar with Build Divide, but the way it's being spoken of. I'm going to Google I'm, this right I'm, now. Yeah, I'm Googling <laughs> this right now. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Mixed media project from Anaplex, Linden Films, yada, yada, yep. Um, so it's not a card game. Oh, no, wait, yes, it is. It is a collectible card game. Okay, so this say, maybe is... It's, uh, maybe it's like one of those those uh, digital card games. Yeah, you know, so like this Hearthstone. is our new Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, and it sounds oh like the Battle City arc. Now, to be oh fair, boy. the Battle City arc was the best arc of Yu-Gi-Oh!, but... This does not grab my attention for that, but there is a market for this, and you know what? For that market, it doesn't look terrible, just not for me, but I will pass. And it's funny that you're mentioning collectible because card games because the next one is <laughs> Cardfight Vanguard Overdress Season 2. If you watch Cardfight Vanguard, here you go. It's more of what you love. If not, well, you're not going to start here. Moving on to the next one, Mario. 
Uh, actually, why don't we uh, let Franji take these ones? Because uh, we've, we've been uh, chattering for quite a bit. She was able to get the uh, I list. I can take it. Yeah, sorted. I figured it out. Uh, the next one is Deep Insanity, The Lost Child. I have no idea what it is. Uh, madness and Unawakening Sleep, Randolph Syndrome. This new illness is slowly but steadily approaching humanity caused by the huge underground world Asylum that appeared in Antarctica. There are strange creatures different from the Earth and unknown resources. People bet their lives on the depths of the mysterious new world to get huge wealth, organizational plots, or their own ambitions and here alone a young man with a wish in his heart is trying to challenge the front line of asylum uh, it actually now this is a silver link which is you know yeah uh, i do love me silver link so eh this is it a bit sounds... of a confusing synopsis but it doesn't sound bad because it's so vague it's doing that vague copy thing where like we yeah. want to make this sound trailery we're not going to actually tell you anything that it's about um but i mean Sounds like Atlantis, like a weird world. Oh, wait a minute. So it says up out of nowhere. It says sequel to Deep Insanity Nirvana, and I have never heard of that. Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> what? What the? What the what? I don't know. Uh, to the research. <laughs> yep. Okay, I guess this is like an ongoing. Yeah, series? ongoing series. Um, Deep Insanity huh. Nirvana. This sounds like it could stand alone, though. Uh, was in winter of 2020. This one must have gone just under our radar because it would have been the oh. season before we started the show. Oh. And I guess if it didn't make enough noise to hit any of our radars in its first season run, that doesn't give me a ton of hope. But I, I don't know. Uh, the other thing is it's not clear. The way this is phrased in that it's not a season two makes it unclear of if this is a direct sequel or if this is one of those same universe but you don't need to see the prior iteration sequels yeah. i mean that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from like, this it's like i'll probably yeah. do it's Silverlink, and i like to give them the benefit of the doubt i'll probably watch the first episode and report back on if i have any idea of what's going on or if this is something that you do need that prior knowledge cool 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 Oh, well, the next one. Ooh, the next the, the, one is... The next <laughs> one is... Doesn't count entirely because it's Demon Slayer, the Mugen Train arc, the anime. Yeah, basically. Which is this weird <laughs> announcement that happened a week or two ago, and we haven't mentioned it on the show yet. Um, They're redoing what was the film as an anime. It's not clear if they're just chopping up the film into 23-minute chunks or if they're adding new content, it doesn't sound like it. It's the it Entertainment could, District arc. So, oh, no, I think there's going to be new oh, no, stuff, wait, too. Yeah, it um, also says the Entertainment District arc. So we're, like, this is at the very least part of proper season two. But there's also the Mugen Train that I heard was being done as an anime. But maybe that's being listed separately. So Oh, no, 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 no. That's, no, it's right, very right. It's very likely because uh, they actually did something like this with Dragon Ball Super. Because Battle of Gods and Resurrection F both got integrated into the series proper and expanded upon with a couple of changes to kind of like line everything up with the narrative they were telling in Super. So there is precedent for for basically chopping up the movie, but adding in some material into the series. The movie was continuing from where the series left off following yeah. the manga, from what yeah, I understood. Yeah, it was a canonical maybe... continuation. It wasn't your normal shonen this doesn't actually exist or matter thing. It was, it was right. an arc put into a movie, and it was very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so it's not quite clear which part of this is new, but uh, once it's clear, I'm not going to watch 
Mugen Train again. Don't get me wrong, it was good. I don't feel the need to watch it again in 23-minute chunks. But once we get to the new content, I'm absolutely on board to keep watching more Demon Slayer. I will say this, though. Uh, I said the same exact thing about uh, the, the stories of Battle of Gods and Resurrection F that got thrown into Super. I was... I was told that I was very wrong for making that assumption because apparently I missed a lot of important stuff that they threw in. So, oh, hmm. just just putting that out there. If you if yeah, you are so keep able an to eye motivate on this yourself, one. yeah, like give it give it a full shot just to see if it actually does add to it and expand on it. And if not, well, we can just shake our collective fists uh, at at Uko table. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll take the next read since that prior one wasn't really a read. This is Digimon Ghost Game. Uh, it's listed as an original. That's interesting. Quote, they are near you, unquote. In the near future, technology has been developed, or in the near future, new technology has been developed. On social media, rumors have been circulating about a strange phenomenon of unknown authenticity known as hologram ghosts. First-year junior high school student Hiro Amanokawa activates a mysterious device left by his father called a digivice. Oh, here we go. Resulting in unknown creatures that can't be seen by the average person, Digimon, becoming visible to him. Since the day he met Gamamon, a mischievous Digimon that was entrusted to him by his father, Hiro has been caught up in various strange phenomena. There is a mouth-stitched man who steals human time, and a mummy man who wanders around every night kidnapping humans. Hologram ghosts are nearby and are targeting us. From here on, this is a story about the other side of the world that no one is aware of. Together with Gamamon and his friends, Hiro sets foot into a mysterious world inhabited by Digimon. You know, I've never been a Digimon fan, but this sounds cool. So spooky Digimon, got it. <laughs> yeah, and standalone. Yeah. So I appreciate that they're going this direction of, you know, anyone can jump in with this. Um, I, I'm sort of conflicted. I'm hesitant to try it because I don't know Digimon, I worry that I'm going to miss out on a lot of stuff. But the hook here and the fact that it says original and doesn't seem to be drawing on the previous iterations has me intrigued enough that I might actually try this one out. And if not, if you're a fan of Digimon, this certainly sounds cool, so enjoy. Perfect for spooky season. Yay! Yeah, happy October. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Franji, would you like to do the honors of this next one, please? Sure. It's called Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut. Set in a fictional world ten years after the Long War divided the world into two superpowers, the Union of Zirnitra Republics in the East and the United Kingdom of Arnak in the West. Both of these superpowers now test their ambitions against each other in a space race. In 1960, the Union's premier, I don't know how to pronounce that German word, Gergiev, announces the MECTAT program, a prestigious plan to launch manned missions into the final frontier. To this end, the Republic establishes the isolated city of Leipzig, 44, where cosmonaut candidates compete for planned manned missions to space, and scientists develop the technology to make it happen, in an, all in an environment of secrecy. The story centers on Lev Leps, a backup astronaut candidate, and his new companion, the vampire Irina Rumanescu. As part of a daring new operation, Nos... As part of a daring new operation, Nosferatu, the MechTat program will use Irina as a test subject for various conditions expected 
in space, and ultimately as part of a manned mission with Lev overseeing Irina's training as a cosmonaut for reasons of their own, both dream of going into space. Okay, so... Okay, so you had have... me until the word vampire, because the, the interesting <laughs> part to this is this says in 1960, so this is an alternate past yeah. one. I was going to yeah. say, would uh, it have killed them to make the summary this? Alternate history, space race, also vampires. Vampires. Yeah, <laughs> like, would it have killed just, them no, to just do that? Space race with that secrecy was... and like you know espionage and political intrigue. That sounds interesting. And then you say vampire. Interestingly, the uh, genre tags here are sci-fi and romance. No, there's so... a supernatural tag. Oh yeah, <laughs> sci- it definitely is supernatural sci-fi. It's like vampire yeah. cosmonauts. Sure, um... <laughs> I'm I'm honestly weirdly okay with that yeah, i'm actually like, more I, bothered I I'm, I'm probably I'm, gonna watch the premiere of this just to see what the heck is up i'm more bothered by the excessive lore drop in this summary yes. i'm just like guys yes. you yeah. could have just said yeah, alternate history the of just, so these uh, alternate these history with, with a space are sometimes vampire, like super long <laughs> sometimes they're super <sighs> short the next one's super long but i don't think we need to read it because if you want to watch it, you're going to watch it. Oh, yeah. And if you uh, don't, you don't. I, I got this one. <clears throat> hey, kids, it's a literal JoJo's reference because it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. That's the one with Jolene, you know, the female JoJo that everybody really, really loves and is very, very excited to see. Um, so quick plot summary. In Florida 2011, Jolene Cujo sits in a jail cell like her father Jotaro once did. Yet this situation is not one of her own choice. Framed for a crime she didn't commit and manipulated into serving a longer sentence, Jolene is ready to resign to a dire fate as a prisoner of Green Dolphin Street Jail. And then JoJo stuff happens. The important thing is, this is the one with Jolene. If you were really excited to see Jolene in anime, this is the one. Her voice is funny enough of the same voice as um, the main character from How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift? <laughs> and apparently her motivation for getting into voice acting and one of her dreams was to voice Jolene. So go figure. <laughs> she lifted dumbbells to get swole and become Jolene. And uh, yeah, that is uh, that is going to be a Netflix joint. So that's going to be interesting to see the release schedule for. It's scheduled for uh, December 2021. Uh, and I imagine it's going to be on Netflix, like if memory a serves. Large drop. Yeah, uh, well, I just said that. <laughs> like oh, sorry. It's a sorry, I was already looking ahead to the next one. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is another yeah. one I'm personally very excited about. So, uh, and since it's a short enough one, I think I can motor through this. So this one is Comey Can't Communicate. This one I'm looking forward to because I, yeah. I have a friend, a couple of friends actually, that swear by this series. Uh, so Timid Tadano is a total wallflower, and that's just the way he likes it. But all that changes when he finds himself alone in a classroom on the first day of high school with the legendary Comey. He quickly realizes she isn't aloof, she's just super awkward. Now he's made it his mission to help her on her quest to make 100 friends. I see <laughs> memes of this all the time on Instagram, and mm-hmm. that is why I'm so excited. It looks super wholesome. Comey seems adorable, and oh god, just why do I have to wait another four days and 18 hours for this as of yeah. the, the time this... of this recording? <laughs> This doesn't necessarily look like anime of the year material. It might make the list if it's, you know, we've seen things make our top 10 for lighthearted fare that just hits it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And this one has pedigree and it has a lot of hype behind it. Let's see if it lives up to it. I'm going to watch at least the first couple of episodes because I've had enough people tell me it's good. 
please be good, please be good, please be good, please be good. <laughs> Next one is Kyokai Senki coming from Sunrise Beyond. And gosh, you can tell it from looking at this key art mm-hmm. in 2061 what? AD. Su- Sunrise doing a giant robot anime? No. no. Gasp. No. In 2061 AD, Japan is dominated, divided, and ruled by the four major economic blocks of the world. The Japanese people spent their days oppressed as subjugated citizens. Japan became the front line of the world where AMAIM, a human-type special mobile weapon deployed by each economic zone, strode about. One day, Amoshiba, a boy who loves machines, meets Iles, autonomous-thinking AI, nicknamed Guy. And this leads to him, and this leads him to throw himself into the battle to reclaim Japan by piloting Amame Kenbu built by himself. Wait, so this is just Code Geass? I mean, a lot of giant robot shows, you can write a piece of copy that will all make them sound the same. It's but, kind of but. Well, first off, uh, made sure to get that check Code Geass reference. But also, oh, well, it's we, literally... we already checked that off earlier in the episodes. So oh yeah, that's true. We're like we doubling did. up. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's literally Japan is is conquered by foreign powers and there's experimental, you know, mechs being used and somebody who is a Japanese national finds themselves thrown into the plot to reclaim Japan's independence. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. They have a lot to live up to if they want to be Kogias. We'll see. Yeah. If it's alt- well, it's not alternate contemporary history. And there doesn't seem to be weird magic powers yet, unless they, yet. they just didn't include that in the summary, because heaven forbid they include important information in the summary and instead of like all this unnecessary lore. <laughs> God, I wish we had the clip to play. <laughs> this is like the time. Um, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. Again, it's it's Sunrise. Obviously, we we love our, our pals over at Sunrise over here at Digital Era Entertainment. And uh, yeah, I I'm curious. But we'll we'll see where it goes. <laughs> and it, I'm I'm actually thinking, have you all ever seen that animation that was written by Giguk about the different anime companies if they were people? Yes. God, I always crack up when I when I see it, and I bring it up because like this is exactly what they were talking about with Sunrise in that particular clip. For those of you who are watching the the, the broadcast live or listening in after the fact, I'm actually going to link a video to that in our Discord over in our anime thread because. If you've never seen it, number one, it's a treat, especially if you're a fan of Giga. Number two, it is just uncomfortably accurate. Also hysterical. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm coming from on that one. Can I read this next one? Please yes. do. Oh my god. Means. Okay, so it's Lupin the Third, Part Six, and I am <clears throat> not that familiar with Lupin, but I was looking at this very short um um piece of copy. Gentleman thief Lupin the Third is back and ready for his next caper, unless legendary sleuth Sherlock Holmes has anything to say about it. When oh. Holmes's longtime partner, Dr. Watson, is murdered, none other than Lupin tops the suspects list. With Holmes fast closing in, Lupin must prove his innocence and bring a shadowy organization called the Raven to heal if he wants to live to steal another day. This is Sherlock Holmes. Versus Lupin, Lupin the Third. That sounds amazing because I, 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 I knew what? Lupin the Third Part Six was happening. I did not know that that was the plot. What? And here's the great thing question. about Lupin: every part is freestanding. You like I watched Part Five, having not seen any of it, and really all you need to know is that Lupin's a gentleman thief, and that he has his two associates, who are a samurai and a gangster, 
and that's it. Everything is freestanding. Just jump in. So, Franji, you can enjoy this. You don't need to see anything prior. That's good, because I haven't seen it since, like, I was, like, I don't know, 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, and I, I loved Part 5 a couple years ago, so I was already looking forward to this, and now I'm looking forward to it more. Woo! Okay, but, 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 and this but. is the very important question I have. What? Isn't this basically the plot of The Great Ace Attorney, but with Lupin? You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Casual reminder, Joel and RJ have been playing through that on our channel every Thursday night after the Decode podcast. So at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Thursday, uh, you can join the two of them as they've been playing through The Great Ace Attorney. And yeah, that's that's what immediately came to mind with the yeah. summer. I'm like, oh, you're my absolutely God. correct. <laughs> Fund it! Fund it! I gotta see this! <laughs> you want to take the next one, Mario? Sure. Okay, so this one is called Megaton Q Musashi. The story takes place after 90% of humanity is wiped out due to an invasion. Survivors live in a shelter where their lives are monitored and memories of the invasion erased. Three teenagers from the shelter are chosen to pilot three machines that combine to form the Musashi robot, made out of a material named Megatronium Alloy. The series will balance robot action with school life. Huh. So, basically, from I that summary, I appreciate that getting... last line because I wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, like... I'm getting like one half classic super robot vibes, you know, like um, like get a robo or something, but with a dash of the the school life elements of uh, Gridman and what. But then have there's you. also this very dystopian little bit of people's lives are monitored and their memories of the invasion erased. Like we could be getting into some intrigue and politics stuff here. Uh watch it just be like super super derpy fan service and good times and then I'm, giant robots <laughs> i'm interested enough that i'll probably seek out the premiere for this one me too this one actually sounds like the best one on the list so far to me i mean with the exception of lupon and sherlock <laughs> yeah no that i i, I was kind of like whatever because i casually enjoy lupon uh like fujiko mine that was amazing um so i i, I enjoy me some lupon from time to time and i was like oh part six okay cool but yeah, <laughs> that plot, I'm just like, all right, <laughs> sold. I'm going to give this a shot. All right, this next one is Meruko-chan by Studio Passion. The tags are comedy and horror. All of a sudden, a girl is able to see grotesque monsters all around her, but no one else can. Rather than trying to run away or face them, she instead musters all of her courage and ignores them. Join her day-to-day -day life as she keeps up her best poker face despite the supernatural goings-on. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, it's yeah. a rare enough thing that you have a plot where, all right, you know, that first line, super common. Characters able to see monsters, spirits, demons, whatever, nobody else can. And then just going in the literal opposite direction of most anime protagonists of, no, I'm not going to fight them. I'm not going to mess with them. I'm not even going to run away from them. I'm just... I'm going to pretend they don't exist. I'm going to pretend they don't exist. Hope they don't see me and try and go about my day. I feel like this could be really amusing. Yeah, it's got the comedy tag, so I, it, it sounds funny to me. I don't know, because I'd be sitting there like, how are none of these things coming after her yet? But that's probably part of the shtick, you know, like probably. she just can successfully ignore them. 
Yeah, because presumably they've existed prior to her being able to see them, and they might not even be aware that they are visible to her. That, you know, mm. we've already been sharing this world with them, just not overlapping. And if she doesn't mess with them, they probably won't mess with her. Mm. Dot, 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 question mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one shrugs. is a continuation. It's Mushiko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation Part 2. I watched, like, half of Part 1. The first episode I didn't like, and then enough people told me to watch it, so I watched it, got to Episode 6. I didn't hate it as much as the first episode, but it just felt very mundane. But a lot of people, for historical purposes, point this point to this series as one of the first great isekai that it's late to the game in terms of anime adaptation but as far as light novels go this was one of the first really big isekais to hit japan so it has a big following in that way if you watch season one you'll probably watch part two and if you didn't go watch part one decide if you want to watch part two but don't start here uh bronji i think it is your turn sure i'm not sure how to pronounce this one it looks like mute king Mute King, the dancing hero. Anything can happen in Neo San Francisco. Monster attacks, retro future tech, town thumping tunes. When these monsters threaten to harsh the vibe of this city, DJ pumps up the jams to transform Muteki into Muteking. Oh, maybe Muteking, the dancing hero. The invaders can't keep up when this superhero hits the dance floor. The classic anime retakes the stage. Okay, so I don't know what this is. Wait, apparently... classic, and it's I know. Kazuka. And Tatsunoko? Wait, what? I, huh? I don't know. Oh, oh God, please let this be like a 70s era anime. I am I am looking this up right now. Look at it. Look <laughs> at yeah, the key art. Do. It looks like it. <laughs> I mean, it, it it has me. At, oh, my God. 1980. <laughs> Muta King, the dashing warrior. Excellent. Oh, God. Oh, my yeah, God. It's aired, about DJs it, and dancing yeah, powers. So it's a Tatsunoko joint. Uh, originally aired from September 1980 to September 1981. Uh, Funimation has the license, presumably for this yeah, one do. that we just read out. They do. Uh, oh, oh boy, Lordy, oh Lordy, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, sorry, I'm just skimming through to see if there are any other interesting tidbits, but uh, yeah, this doesn't line, this reach is... out and grab me. But hey, it, good for fans of the series. It didn't until they said classic anime, and then yeah. I looked over at, at at the studios involved. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh yes. yes. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Tezuka or Tatsunoko. Why? Why did uh, these Battle two the studios? <laughs> what? Uh, Battle of the Planets for <laughs> and and all sorts of other awesome stuff from Tatsunoko, and then Tezuka. You know, uh, the the legendary Tezuka, Astro Boy, and Blackjack. Oh and all that. yes, now I remember. Okay, and if okay. you look at the character designs, like I I know it's very uh, you know modernized in this case, but it's got it's got those vibes. Oh, now that I look closer, I do see what you mean. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. So, oh, I, I I'll probably give it at least one. I don't know. This could really go either way. <laughs> yeah. But it has my attention now. I hope it's cheesy as heck. Oh, it's got to be. <laughs> like, considering so. when the original dropped. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm still just reading up on this. We can go on to the next one in yeah, the meantime. Um, uh, well, it is your turn for the next one, actually. <clears throat> okay, then. Uh, so this one is uh, Muv Love Alternative, a story of the bonds between those who fight in a world pushed to its limits. On one of the countless parallel worlds that exist through space-time, humanity has, has fought a decades-long war against the Beta, 
hostile extraterrestrial invaders using humanoid fighting machines. Take a shot. <laughs> called Tactical Surface Fighters. Take another shot for off-brand Gundam. This is a story of how humanity lives and dies while on the brink of extinction. It's it's it's, it's just action it's, drama mecha. This looks very it's not standard. Macross. It's it's not Macross. Take a shot. Let's move along to My Senpai is Annoying. It's got <laughs> lady Dota pilots, Kobo. though. It looks like it's all ladies, which is exciting. We this don't get ladies true. in robots so very often. not Macross Delta. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, remove uh, remove all the dudes. Just, like, make make it all idols. Done. <laughs> yep. So, actually, uh, this is getting to the last three that we'll be doing today. My Senpai is Annoying. Uh, it's a manga from Doga Kobo. I forget who... What they've done before. Igarashi is a hardworking young office lady. Takeda, the senpai above her at work, always annoys her constantly, and yet she finds herself growing closer to him. Every day is filled with comic mishaps and romantic moments when Igarashi tries to balance work, life, and love. Oh, so this is a teasing anime, but in the workplace? Probably. And also, yeah, no, we we definitely know this studio. Uh, we know this studio like, very I, well. Why do I know this studio? Why am I blanking? Let's go to last done? year, and you'll already just be like, oh, yeah, never mind these guys. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They did um, Sleepy Princess, Ikebukuro, Westgate Park, uh, the the fishing anime, uh, Yesterday, uh, oh, um, Asteroid in Love. That was a good one. And we did um, mention they, uh, Dumbbells. Oh, they did Dumbbells. <laughs> they did Dumbbells. Gotcha. Um, it's all connected. I, as I've said in previous episodes, teasing animes never really hit home with me, and I don't know if borderline workplace harassment does that either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also just I'll skipping. wait for someone to tell me this is good before watching it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so I actually, if if it's okay with you, I'd like to kind of bring us to a brief halt since we are almost at the end of our time and needed to to take a breather here anyway, because there were a few things I wanted to quickly call out because they're not in the series rankings, but they're things that I I think definitely uh, deserve some mention. Uh, so in the TV shorts for this particular season, um, we are getting the second episode in just under a week of the fitness boxing anime. <laughs> that one, uh, I believe I called it out at some point uh, because I was just so flabbergasted that they were even doing an, an anime based off of this. Uh, this game was one of the first things I actually played on the, the channel. Uh, so I was very happy to see that I got an anime. Uh, it is 12 episodes. It is uh, essentially an original net animation. So I wanted to call that one out in particular. There were also some other ones that I thought would be interesting. We were talking about Macross just now. In the movies category, there is going to be a Macross Delta movie, which is apparently a sequel to Macross Delta, which is coming bundled with a theatrical short for Macross Frontier. What? Sorry, what? And this is why I wanted to bring this up while we were still live, because I wanted to get some reactions. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Franji, as a fellow Macross Frontier enthusiast, and I know Neo Ivan, who is engineering for our show right now, also a, a newfound Macross Frontier enthusiast. Uh, yeah, how do y'all feel about that one? I'm looking over in the, the chat to get Neo Ivan's responses, but Franji? <laughs> if I get to see Alto's gorgeous blue ponytail again, I'll just be very happy. Oh, or hear watch, Cheryl sing. Watch the trailer. You are going to get exactly what you want, but like apparently under a waterfall. So, uh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sorry, we're going to get a little too excited. Let me just cool down here. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's it's the right amount of excited. If it was anything less, I would have been genuinely disappointed for basically, you know, steamrolling into this news. <laughs> uh, also, in December, we are going to be getting season four of Agretzko. Again, you know, Netflix joint. So it's listed here as an original net animation. But yeah, we, you know, we've had some other uh, Netflix polls put into the main series. So I want to make sure that we wouldn't overlook uh, our, our good, good Agretzko. Uh, and I believe there was one more that had caught my eye. I'm just quickly skimming. Oh, yeah. Star Wars Visions is also listed here under this same section. Now, uh, Joel, I had briefly talked with you about this. Uh, yeah, offline. I haven't gotten to see this one yet. I, I plan on seeing it. it. It's shorts. Okay. Yes. So I, I can confirm. Now, some of the shorts run full episode, well, just under full episode length. But this is very much uh, one of those anthology types that we've discussed. Oh, yeah. It was always billed as an anthology. Before. Yeah. But was um, it a good anthology? It was very good. There is one major criticism I have for it, which is technically not a knock, and it makes all the sense in the world when you look at, you know, the history of Star Wars, like the original film's creation and inspiration, and who they turned over this project to, namely a bunch of big-name Japanese anime studios. There is not a single short that goes by without some sort of Jedi story, and it is... It is not bad, but it's kind of like, but can we do something else? Even the even the one story that should not have anything to do with Jedi has a Jedi. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> like there, there, there was a fan-made TIE Fighter animation that I actually rewatched after finishing Visions last night to prove my point about how they could have gone in a completely different direction. It was basically a three-person uh, production that was done over many years, released on YouTube. It is like 90s Star yeah, think, Wars anime. Uh, I think the I, issue that you get here no is, from what I understand, the development was literally the studios, the studios were chosen and were told, you have carte blanche. Anything you want to do, you can do. Your yes. style, your stories. They were not given any constraints. And if you are given your one chance to do something in the Star Wars universe, what are you going to do? something with jedi so i can completely understand how it would end up being a bit homogenous because all right if you get one chance to shoot your shot on something as prolific as historic as star wars and you're told you don't need to have a limit on what you can do or you don't have to keep it to a side story you're gonna want to tell a jedi story and i think you're probably right that as a viewer it might have been nicer if the studios were given more restrictions and told, all right, you know, these three get Jedi things. These three, we want you to do villain stories. These three, we want you to do something about just everyday life in the galaxy. But the fact that there was really no, it wouldn't be correct to say there was no creative oversight, but it sounds like there were not any explicit uh, limitations in the concept Precisely. phase. Yes, and I th th can that was, understand how we got where we are, and that was taken into account. But I'm just saying, like it, it. But I can see how that would be baffling. a complaint. Yeah. yeah, it's a little baffling that no one went in that direction. Like, if you watch that short, it it's one of those things where it's like, yo, could we just get like, you know, classic? Obviously, we can't get classic Gynax on this, but if we could get, you know, a studio that works on something like Macross to do yeah. like a space a, a space battle story, like there is not a single line of dialogue in this short that I'm talking about. And you, it is absolutely brilliant. We will definitely throw it into our uh, Discord chat as well. But yeah, overall, Visions, it's one of the better anthologies I've seen. Like, 
even though they take a lot of visual liberties with Star Wars, this is a case of, you know what? It doesn't look weird and it actually fits. Um, and the stories themselves are fantastic. The voice acting, top shelf. There are some big name Hollywood actors involved as well. Uh, and it's an NYAV post joint. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll hear some familiar faces uh, who also double, if not quadruple out in certain roles. But uh, it's it's real, real good, but it's definitely like a shorts anthology. So don't don't really expect that one on our anime of the year list. But highly recommended. If you have Disney Plus, you can't go wrong. Also, Trigger goes full trigger. <laughs> of course and they would. I they I would be disappointed if they didn't. They actually get two shorts. Um, they do one that is very much like trigger, and then they do another one that's like, okay, but what if trigger decides to like get serious? It's Ooh. so good. So mm. good. Anyway, that is uh that is just the quick add-on uh while we're at this breaking yeah. point since i wasn't sure if we'd get a chance to do this next week yeah um well next week yeah. we'll be continuing with platinum and we got done with uh 19 of the 41 shows so just about the halfway plus all those extras so uh we are right on schedule and next week we won't have as much you know catch up to do anyway so uh very comfortable ending place very good job this is an interesting first half because Admittedly, not as many shows have grabbed me at first read as it did last season. Hopefully there's more in the back half. And hopefully, as always, there's a couple shows that, you know, we read over here that don't grab us. But then, you know, reviews start coming out and I hear, all right, this one's really good. And I start picking up ones that I didn't necessarily yeah. expect to. So it'll be interesting, as always, to see which of those end up being uh, breakout hits or even sleeper hits throughout the season. For sure. Woo, anime. Do either of you have anything <laughs> to plug or talk about before we wrap up? Watch Kageki Shoujo, that's all. Bye. Yes, do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that, that one ended exactly as I thought it would. It ended basically just like uh, Smile Down the Runway, which is to say satisfactorily for a story that is obviously not done. I don't know. I actually haven't watched it yet myself. I was just... <laughs> I had like three lines and an effort sound in episode three. So nice. <laughs> so I I wasn't gonna say anything <laughs> because I'm like, I why do I get the feeling? <laughs> it looked cool. It seemed cool. It was very good. Yes, but uh, thank you all for tuning in or for listening in after the fact. This has been episode seventy six of D Kai. I'm Joel. He's Mario. She's Franji. We'll be back next week to continue our fall twenty twenty one previews. Stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci ouchie, get your flu shot as well, because tis the season. And we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch.